Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Jodder, and joining me today is Jake Wachoba and Armanka Five. On today's episode, we get into Spain's tactical discipline, Jill Ellis's tactical woes, and our confidence in this U.S. women's national team going forward. Now, listeners, if you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to and leave us a five-star review. And lastly, make sure you come back tomorrow and listen to our interview with club president and CEO of New Mexico United, Peter Trevisani. Now, fellas, finally, finally, we have a match where the U.S. women's national team was tested. They faced adversity. Armand, I have to be consistent. I have to be fair. This was fun to watch. I mean, was it? I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was intriguing. I thought it was fun. Yep. The U.S. actually five minute match. I didn't turn it off after it was like six zero in like the twentieth minute or whatever the score was, in some of the other games. It's it was bold, exciting. Finally, in a weird, really weird way, I was almost rooting for the underdog story to happen. Even though like I'm from the states, it just it's I don't know. It's kind of fun to see a little upset alert going on. I don't know about you, Stephen. Oh but no, but this, this Armand, I'm sorry, but this had everything you want in a football match. Controversy testiness edge the the stadium was on edge the broadcasters were nervous people on twitter were going haywire var comes into the match great goal scored by spain tactically aware what's going on the favorite absolutely just melting down at periods during the game tactically yes the u.s women's national team is by far the most talented squad there is at the World Cup. But this is something Armand and I talked about during the match. Just because they have the most talent does not guarantee that they are a cohesive team. Spain, on the other hand, have talented players. But they seem to be well organized. They seem to have motivation. They weren't afraid of of the U.S. It was just all around a fantastic football match. Now, Jake, you and I have talked about it too. Yeah, I the, I mean the Sweden match was worth watching, but this one just felt like I mean this just had so much more riding on it. The Sweden match was just for the group. This is this is do or die now. This is tournament football. This is survive and advance. And for the first time in this tournament, we saw the US get punched in the mouth. And you can say luck of the draw. They got they got lucky there with the penalty late in the match. Was it a dive? Was it was there contact there? But we saw the U.S. draw a result against a team that a crappy team, you know, a, you know, a, a team that was willing to go toe to toe with them. Spain was well organized, and and they gave the U.S. problems. Let's quickly recap the game. Yeah, so I mean, start off in the seventh minute, bad, a bad foul in the box by Spain. It was pretty, it was pretty blatant. Rapino steps up to the spot, scores in the seventh minute, make it one zero. Then a really bad. Bad play from Ashlyn Harris. Kind of just played the ball to to Becky Sauerbrunn, and she was under pressure. Bam was able to capitalize on it, and Jennifer Hermoso, the beautiful, I want to say it was a chip, 
kind of, sort of effort to beat Sorry, National Harris, uh, listen there, in the net. You know, that was going to be, it was a back and forth affair throughout. And then obviously we had the controversial call in the 75th minute where Roosevelt was taken down in the box after a lengthy VAR check. They deemed it as, okay, it was a penalty. Rapino stepped up to score the second goal uh, from a penalty to make it 2-1 in the 75th minute. Hope Solo had some interesting comments post-match. Many of you might not know, but she is a regular on BBC's Football Daily covering, in large part, the U.S. Women's National Team. And here's what she had to say following the 2-1 to win over Spain and whether or not she is worried. Um, I mean, absolutely. I, I don't even know where to begin. You, there's so many things to question. You don't always have a perfect win. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's 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 a battle and it's hard fought. And I can understand that as a player. But at the same time, you know, when you have that much attacking prowess and to not get a goal in the run of play, it's concerning. It's two penalties and one I, I, I didn't even think was a penalty. And if it was, it was very soft. So, you know, and then Jill Ellis's decisions tactically, it was strange to me because you sit Lindsay Horan out because maybe you want her to be fresh for France, maybe because she's sitting on a yellow, but then you put her in? I, I don't understand. She should have either played earlier on to control the tempo in the midfield, because I thought the United States lost it, well, didn't lose the game, but, but just didn't perform and didn't hold the ball well because of the midfield play. They really missed Lindsey Hrand in there. So I thought Jill Ellis could have used her early on or not at all. Listeners at Unc Sam Soccer Pun, we want to hear your thoughts, your reactions to the game versus Spain. Now, Hope Solo, very controversial. We know it, but I think she brings an interesting point up. Armand, they put 13 past Thailand, 3 past Chile, 2 a past Sweden, and it was just goals galore, right? Unstoppable. They play Spain, a considerable underdog, and they can't score from open play. Two PKs. What happened with this woman's team facing Spain? Mentally, did they just, everyone just look past Spain and thought, okay, here we go. Let's go play France and Paris. I feel like part of the problem kind of lies in, uh, me and my buddy were actually talking about this, Lindsay Horan not getting the start because of a worry of yellow card accumulation. That's when you kind of know they were kind of looking ahead, right? Because why would you pinch one of the best players in the world, just because? No, it was. It had to be because of the yellow card accumulation coming up, and they were worried that they wouldn't have her against France. That's such a wrong mentality to have in the knockout stage game. It really is, because every game you're there for your life, every game you're fighting, you can't have that. And Horan would have done a fantastic job. She, I think she would have been a, a lot better in the middle. Maybe instead of Mewis, you have uh, Horan there. No. Part, partner her with Lavelle, I think that would have been really good. But I, I, I don't know what happened there. I feel like they're just looking ahead. And, Steven, one thing I did notice is they didn't really create that many, like, amazing opportunities either. Right? Like, uh, Rapino you know, like, seemed to have a couple. But for for periods of time during the match, it, the game seemed to be rather stuck more in the middle than creating offensive chances. I feel like they avoided Tobin Heath a lot, too. But he's easy, one of the most gifted offensive players on the U.S., and she wasn't getting us all the Rapino. And even Rapino had the two PK goals and the, some chances. I didn't think she was that impressive, to be quite honest with you. I thought she was rather poor. But the composure cup scored two PKs. Who cares? But I thought 
in open play at least, she was poor and just not good. Just kind of, she couldn't get past uh, the right back of Spain. She really couldn't. They exchanged jerseys at the end because game knows game. She was like, you got me. I couldn't get past you. It was a very shocking performance. And it even makes me wonder even why that Jill Ellis decided not to go to make any subs. Because they needed something. Offensively, what was the biggest problem? In the group stage, 18 goals scored, 34 shots on goal, 30 corner kicks. It's insane the output the women put in the group stage. But here comes an organized Spain. And the U.S. women's national team are halted to two PKs. Now, listeners, the PK call, let's just get it over with. Armand, correct call or back call? There's no way VAR could overturn that. There's not anywhere anything that made it clear and obvious. I think it was a fine, fine. I think it was a fine call. I think it was a bit soft, but look, you can't blame VAR for that. You can't blame anything for that. It's fifty-fifty. It could have gone either way. I think it was fine. Armand, I agree. That was a, a 50-50 ball. I think it it could have been called either way. Maybe a soft penalty if there was contact there. Lavelle almost looked as if she overextended herself with her stride there and tripped over herself but nothing clear and obvious in the VAR review to overturn it so I had really no problem with the the penalty there look the referee called it as she saw it on the field she stuck with it I'm glad they didn't overturn it because it would have opened a can of worms if she had not called it I would have been okay with this game going on it was a 50-50 call the referee saw in real time it is what it is although I do think she kind of dove but Spain were, I think they were just fun to watch because they were so well organized. Yeah, the Spanish team came out with an organized game plan that I don't think anyone really expected. The kind of low block that they set up at some points, the high pressing at some points to try to force Nair to make a mistake. Uh, Like I was talking about with Megan Rapinoe, I think Cordara from Spain, she was fantastic. Marta Cordaro from Spain. I thought she was fantastic uh, shutting down Rapino. I thought Torresia was actually very good as well, too, in the middle. She was very – she was fouling a lot. She was fouling Morgan and all those guys a lot, but she did her job, right? That was her job to kind of frustrate the United States. Hermoso was also impressive, you know, in that false nine role, helping press. I think it was one of the first times the U.S. ever played someone that – or not ever played someone, but this tournament with an organized plan to go after – from and frustrate them with the physical play especially that frustrated the commentators that frustrated uh alex morgan uh, frustrated all of them um and i think that's a pretty good game plan to go by to be honest with you credit the players credit jorge vilda the spanish coach because he set up his team for success and guys question was spain jobbed no not not at all we all agree that the penalty was a penalty, yeah? So, yeah. I mean, how can you be, how can I think be it is, it's not job, but it is just very unlucky. Because unlucky is the right word. It, yeah. it, it, it could have been a – the referee could have called it not a penalty and play could have continued. They probably would have done the VAR check. It would have gone through the same long process. But it was not clear and obvious. So the play or the call on the field stands and we move on and we're probably talking about going into extra time and maybe PKs. And at that point, who knows what happens? Let me ask you guys this. 
did Spain provide the blueprint for France on how to beat this team come Friday? Yes. It's all about that press. If you can press into the U.S. and have a higher line, you confuse them. Because I do not think, based on watching this match, that Jill Ellis has this U.S. women's national team tactically sound. To me, they are playing more based on how talented they are than they are playing with a plan. You saw it was Spain. They played with a plan. They knew their roles. With the U.S. women's national team, because they are favorites, I think some of them just expect that they can just steamroll everybody. This is why the 13 nothing win against Thailand proved nothing. Or the 3-0 victory over Chile proved to be nothing. Because they weren't, they weren't being tested. What happens when you have to make substitutions? Jalelis did not make any substitutions un- un- until he was rather late. And uh, Ali Wagner, Fox broadcast, I can't believe she thought it was a good idea because the game would go into extras. For a nail-nail draw, you tend to lose those games. Get an extra sub in extra time anyway. Why not use them? Change the game. Put the game to rest. You don't have to bring on Hiran, who's sitting on a, on a yellow. And if you were to get another one, would be suspended against France. Make those substitutions on earliers. Get the game over with. And then you move on. But no, the U.S. Women's National Team had to sit there and hold on to dear life. No, I agree. I was a, a little shocked by decision-making to not make substitutions, right? Um... I mean, quite honest with you, you have three subs. You need to change the game. That penalty was lucky. We all admit it. It was lucky. It wasn't like it was great movement. It was, it was just kind of a, a run-across goal, a weird foot stuck out. It's lucky. You have to change the game somehow. They okay, but creating you, Armand, Armand, Lindsay Huron sh- should have played or not? Would you have played her? I would have, or at least Carly Lloyd earlier, or at least maybe instead of Rapino who was struggling, maybe a Mallory Pugh. There's plenty of other options they have on the bench. It's not even just Horan. Well, they're stacked. They I mean, bunch. the U.S. There's so team many. Is stacked. The U.S. are the best team in the world. All this depth, but you wait until the 85th minute to make a sub. No, no, really? I think yeah, but it's terrible. Now go back to Jake's question. Was is, it, so is this the blueprint, the blueprint f- to try to beat the U.S.? And, and you watch the France-Brazil game. You're going to have two squads Friday who just played a very tough opponent. Physically and mentally. France over Brazil in extra time. And the United States over Spain. I personally don't think that's going to be the blueprint. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's a blueprint. Because what I think... Is, is, is uh, what I think France can do is take the game to the United States, not just kind of sit back a little bit and make a counterattack in certain instances. Um, I mean, obviously Spain wasn't parking the bus, but with the skillful players that France has, they don't have to play that way to mitigate for their lack of, uh, I guess, the talent. I guess I don't know. They're way closer in talent uh, to the U.S. than Spain was. I think they can actually take the game to them and put the U.S. on their backs instead of and be on the front foot instead of kind of inviting the pressure. I think they, they they can maybe high press a lot more that they can 
actually dominate possession and connect passes and go forward and create on the wings. It's going to be a back-and-forth game. I don't think they're going to use this exact blueprint, but I think it's going to be a lot more back-and-forth. I think it's going to be exciting soccer, too. But to answer this question, I don't think this is the right blueprint. I think it worked for Spain because it kind of caught them off guard. But I think for a team of France's quality or of England's quality, it's going to be a lot different. Now, guys, Hope Solo was asked whether or not pressing is the way to go and the way to beat the U.S., especially if you're France in the upcoming quarterfinal matchup. Here's what she had to say on the Football Daily. If you want to beat the United States, you must press the back line. Absolutely. Hands down, you have to do it. And oftentimes, I think teams don't do it because it's hard to get the numbers forward against the United States. But once you do, that's that's where they're truly vulnerable. They just... It's the decision-making. It's it's the quality of passing in the back line. Um, I think there are some nerves in the back line. Uh, you know, and, and the United States is trying so hard to play. They want to play, but I don't think they're good enough in the back to really keep possession, and especially with Alyssa Nair back there. Um, she, she's got to do better on her decision-making as well. And goalkeepers, this is what they can do. They can make big saves. That's that's what we're taught to do. That's what we're trained to do. But ultimately, to win this tournament, you have to have a goalkeeper who does so much more than just make the big save. Listeners, we'll get you ready Friday morning for the big matchup against France as the French and the U.S. women square off in the 2019 Women's World Cup quarterfinals. But before we let you guys go, question of the day. We'll start with Steven. What is your confidence level in the U.S. women's national team as they get ready to play France this Friday on a scale of 1 to 10? Where, well, where do you sit? I'll, I'll tell you this. It's higher than it is with the U.S. men's national team, but today took a hit. We overhyped how easy it will be for the U.S. women's national team. I got the sense with the way people in the media talk about the opponents the U.S. women's national team have played. The opponents like England, maybe France, have a th- are, are threats to the U.S. women's national team. But at the end of the day, the U.S. women will stand out and just steamroll through everyone. I think that narrative today took a massive hit. My confidence sits at a 7. This team is too stacked, too talented. I think they can cover the flaws of Jill Ellis in whatever she sets up the team to be. But versus France, I, I don't know. That game is 50-50. Steven, you could coach the United States uh, women's national team and you'd be fine. I don't know you're not that tactically adept or anything. Uh, but look, Jill Ellis makes mistakes. We see it all the time. The U.S. should have lost that game. What? They should have lost? lost that game. Should, yep. Wow. I think you should have gone to extra time and you played for 30 I think, minutes. And I, then... think, I think if if they'd have the massive talent discrepancy, they would have lost that game. Whoa, whoa. whoa but, but Armand, that's a different thing, though. The, the, the way they played, the w- stripped the names of everything, the way they played was terrible. Right. They, 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 they shouldn't. They, if, if, it was any other, if it was any other thing, if they played against France, they would have lost that game. If they were played against England, they would have lost that game. Norway lost that game. They would have lost that game. 
I, I don't I'm think not, so. I don't think I, think I don't so. think you I could think have so. said they lost the game because it, it, I think it would have been a coin flip. I think you are. No, I don't think so. I think they played terribly. They they if did play had, terribly, but if they, a team they are that had so competent forwards or competent our players that were more a little bit more skilled. They would have they would have they they would have been down. They would have been down. And a coach that doesn't know how to make adjustments mid game. Oh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. That's not how it works. You gotta make adjustments. You gotta play. You got it's plain and simple. I'm not confident in this team right now, but you know what? I'll give it a six. But with how talented they are, they can, like you said, they can make it up. But that game, if they play that game against France, they lose in Parc de Prince in Paris against a very pro France crowd. It's gonna be the first time we're gonna play a road game in this World Cup. And they would, and, and they tickets, lose that game. Tickets are gonna be uh, are Bro, a hot six hundred bucks. Uh, 11 uh, or up to like 11,000 ESPN.com the least expensive ticket on the resale site StubHub.com is currently $661 US you don't, you don't think the, the uh, French teams want this they cannot come out and play the way they did they have played fire they can't play down to their opponent they must play they must play the opponent not play down not play, must play them Jake. I'm not confident that board sucked they were terrible they were terrible, but you know what? They got the win. Yes, surviving events. We, we we give them credit for that. Jake, we'll get to the question of the day here in a second, but I want to ask you something. Did the players overlook Spain like some people in the media did? You would hope not, right? You would hope if you're the best team in the world, you're you're focused on the task at hand, and you're taking it one game at a time and one half at a time and whatever other cliche you want to use. I don't think they did. I think Spain was set up to give them problems. That's what I think, and that's why, question of the day, listeners, give us your thoughts. What is your level of confidence for the U.S. women's national team heading into their game Friday against France at Unc Sam Soccer Pod? My level right now is about a five or a six. I think, I think they might, they got exposed today, and I think there is a very good chance they lose Friday wow. to France. I'm just saying, France is way more talented than Spain is. Hundred percent, Jake. Hundred percent. France is way more talented. And, well, yeah. and if they and if they and if they are as tactically prepared as Spain was, I think they could give the U.S. fits because Jill Ellis has shown that she's not able to make adjustments. She can't think on the fly. It seems like with you know doing subs in the 85th minute because we're well, we gonna save subs in case we go to extra time. Just it, it things like that. A, a tactically savvy coach, a talented team. I think is 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 a th- this could be the team that that could knock off the U.S. in this tournament. Now, quickly, listeners, some interesting stats have come out regarding penalties at this World Cup. Yeah, Stephen, there have been 22 penalties in 42 games so far at the 2019 Women's World Cup, which is as many as there was in 52 games in the 2015 Women's World Cup. Two came today off the foot of Megan Rapino, who also became just the second player to score two penalties in a single Women's World Cup match after Spain's Jenny Hermoso did versus South Africa earlier in this tournament. Yes, listeners, give us your thoughts at Sam Soccer Pod. Interesting match versus Spain. I am thrilled that we are having a match like this, or we had a match like this. It was fun to watch. I was captivated. I hope you guys were too. Uh, listeners, at Unksam Soccer Pod, at Armand Kafai, at Jake Watrova, at Steven Jodrand. Come back tomorrow 
listen to the interview with New Mexico United President Peter Trevisani. Listeners, all throughout the week, there'll be more U.S. men's, U.S. women's chat. So be on the lookout for that. And always leave us a five-star review. Until next time.